This is a test. The Mirror World Order is conducting a test of the emergency broadcast system. This is only a test. If this had been an actual emergency, the signal you just heard would have been followed by the phrase... Ladies, gentlemen, and knights of the Nerd World Order, this is the Nerd World Order broadcast. I am the man that you call Dukes, and to my right I have... It's your boy Joe. What's good, though? We have with us the villain. Hey, what's up, nerds? It's the villain coming at you from Dallas, Texas. This is actually, even though a lot of you know the villain from various social media encounters, and uh, you, maybe you've seen him at a few conventions, villain, why don't you go ahead and introduce yourself? Tell us a little bit about yourself today. Uh, all right, man. So uh, basically, Star Wars was my first foray and introduction into nerddom. I'm definitely old school, uh, you know, with the company uh, included in this podcast right now. Uh, the original Star Wars came out a year before I was born, so that one actually is the only one that I did not see in the theaters. Uh, but my uh, parents were uh, very cool with introducing me to that and uh, super happy about that because everyone, episode, you know, five, six, so on, so on, so on, I saw all of those in the theater. And it literally kind of paved the way for me to become a nerd for me to get into everything having to do with nerddom and fandom, comic books, superheroes, sci-fi, um, all that good stuff that uh, I've been able to experience that have made me the nerd that I am today probably was completely born out of Star Wars. Much like the villain, but for different reasons. The first Star Wars episode that I saw was actually Return of the Jedi. Uh, later on, I went back and saw, obviously, uh, A New Hope, Empire Strikes Back, and then Return of the Jedi. I remember a very fond memory, Joe and I, uh, going to see Attack of the Clones at the Star Theater in Oceanside. Uh, definitely a fond memory. So I do love Star Wars, and I'm very excited for the three of us to be talking about the Three newest installments in the trilogy, obviously The Force Awakens, then we have The Last Jedi, and of course The Rise of Skywalker is what we're going to be talking about today in this episode of the Nerd World Order broadcast. I think that series has been okay. I think it's a nice close. I think Star Wars fans will never be happy at all about how they're making these Star Wars movies, but we'll get more into that, but I'm looking forward to our discussion. Let's just run through every character, sort of how they progress through these last three movies from their initial introduction to how they uh, finally finished them off, how J.J. Abrams treated these characters in the final episode of the, I guess we could call it the Skywalker trilogy or the second generation of the Skywalkers, uh, whatever we want to call it, let's get into that. So let's start off with uh, the stormtrooper that everybody loves, Finn. So my initial thoughts on Finn, when I saw Finn initially in The Force Awakens, I really didn't care for him as a character. I saw him as being weak, a coward, and not really a character that I would want to identify with, and they weren't really painting him to be a hero. 
the challenge with that for me was not realizing as a trilogy the characters do progress looking at the force awakens one of the things that i noticed was finn always seemed like he was in some way sensing the force or he was coming into his own with the force it seems like they really went away with that in the second episode but then it seems like they came back to a little bit in the third episode obviously the rise of skywalker not only did they give him a little bit more sense of the force but they also allowed him to come into his own as a leader and a hero um well i'm super stoked that you decided to start with finn because finn is actually my favorite character in the new trilogy um when force awakens came out and you and i were had touched on this the other day when we were talking um it blew my mind that they humanized a stormtrooper like you know for the last 40 plus years stormtroopers were just bad stormtroopers were the evil you know military force of the galaxy you know obviously they're all in the same uniform you never saw a stormtrooper without his helmet on um so the fact that they wrote a character who started out as a stormtrooper and had this revelation that what they were doing was wrong and began to think for himself just that that progression and the way they humanized that set of characters that was that just blew my mind i was super excited about that from the get-go and i feel like with finn even if you look at it from the force awakens just as a singular movie if you were going to take it that way Finn really struggled with who he had been, who he was, and who he wanted to be. There was so much confusion. There was so much fear in what was going on because he basically, you know, the stormtroopers had all been kidnapped from, you know, their families when they were very young. They had been brainwashed. They had, you know, been taught and trained to be these killing machines. And now here he was realizing that that's not what he wanted to be, but he had no direction other than he just wanted to get away from the first order. So through that first movie, you know, he was very scared. He was constantly trying to run away until he realized that there was something bigger than him, bigger than the first order in the rebellion, trying to be that good and that light in the galaxy and, and across the universe to, to try to get away from the, the first order, the way that everybody had been trying to get away from the empire. So I felt like it was a great piece of writing actually for his character, the way that he came out of being the stormtrooper and kind of not exactly sure what he wanted to do, but kind of feeling like he wanted to do the right thing. And he actually was my favorite character in the force awakens uh, going through, through the rest of the trilogy. Do you feel like by the third movie, him becoming a quote unquote general, do you feel like that really brought his character full circle as far as showing what he became? Oh yeah. I, f I feel like he came completely full circle in to, you know, as far as the star Wars, mythos and you know the way that everything works in that reality you know everybody has this destiny and i really feel like finn's destiny was to become that great leader to break away from 
the first order and being a stormtrooper and actually leading people because I feel like he he did always have that that piece in him. He just it just really hadn't come out. He just wasn't sure. And then coming into uh, Rise of Skywalker, where he did become that general, and he he finally was comfortable stepping into that role because he knew that he, no matter what, he wanted to do what was right. How easy is it to become a general in the Rebellion? Because it seems like they just throw out that title, like Lando's a general, Han Solo's a general, Leia's a general, Luke was probably a general too, Ray was a general, Poe was a general, like... Like, everybody just becomes a general for no reason. Akbar, they wouldn't give him a general title. How come everybody gets to be a general? I thought he was pretty cool, but was he really the only one that took off that helmet, or were we just not acknowledging the clones? They were stormtroopers, then they took off their helmet. Are we just going to not acknowledge that because they're clones? I mean, they took off their helmets as well. I... So you're talking about the the previous, like the prequels and stuff? Is that yeah. what you're referring to? Yeah. So I feel like with the clones, the clones weren't actually stormtroopers yet. The, the clones were a completely different thing altogether because they were clones. So there was really no way to, to humanize them because they were clones. They were all a clone of Jango Fett originally. So I, I don't really know. I mean, they took off their helmets and they all looked the same. Again, they took off their helmets, but also they became humanizing the rebels. I don't know if you've seen that. But he was. He he wasn't. Because those those were (laughs) clone troopers, not storm troopers. They were still storm troopers, dude. I thought Finn was pretty cool. I think the second second part, there was really no development. I I didn't really agree with Ryan Johnson's writing. I knew Finn was going to be good because that's the format because the first... The Force Awakens copied the same format as A New Hope, so you knew he was going to be a hero. So that it was just a matter of time for him to develop. I didn't really care too much for him in the second movie. The third movie, I thought was okay. What were your thoughts on Poe? Poe, I liked him. He's a cool character. I like I like the transition from the first where he feels like he could do everything by himself because he's an all-star pilot. So he feels like he could do everything himself, and by the end of the third movie, he realized he can't do it by himself. So I like the development there. I liked Poe. I felt like Poe was kind of this amalgamation of Han Solo meets Luke Skywalker because he was very much kind of wanting to do it by himself, kind of the way that Han Solo was kind of that loner until he, you know, eventually linked up with with Chewbacca, but he was kind of always out for himself, and Luke Skywalker was always wanting more and always wanting to be this hero and this great pilot. So I kind of felt like Poe's character was kind of a throwback of kind of combining the two of those characters, like Han and Luke together in one character. Um, so I, I actually, I really liked Poe, um, in the, in the first one, um, without jumping into a lot of, uh, Ryan Johnson bashing, cause I know that's definite, uh, trigger material for, for a lot of people for a lot of different reasons, but I do know that we, we kind of touched on this a little bit in previous conversations and 
I I remember when The Force Awakens came out and I was I was all about it. I love Force Awakens. And then The Last Jedi came out and I was one of the biggest critics of The Last Jedi. Alan got earful after earful about The Last Jedi from me. And uh, I actually just went back and I rewatched it uh, prior to The Rise of Skywalker coming out. And I, I wanted to, I rewatched the entire series, but I wanted to sit back and kind of try to watch it without having any preconceived hatred or, or, you know, critique going into it. And I do have to say it, it wasn't as bad as I had originally, you know, lashed out at it for, but something that I did kind of recognize. And we, we had talked about this um, probably about a week ago, I think was that Ryan Johnson's writing, made the characters very one-dimensional in uh, in The Last Jedi. And it made it really hard to identify with the characters or to have the characters have a connection with each other. And it, it was a little rough to watch. I don't necessarily feel like the movie was as bad as I had originally said it was to begin with, but I noticed that, you know, this time around watching it, that it was a very... The, the characters just seemed very one-dimensional. It was very hard for me to to identify or to believe any of the relationships that were developing uh, within that. Looking at Poe as a character, I feel like his character arc was actually completed in The Last Jedi. And I think Joe and Chance both explained that very well, which was initially he felt like he could do everything himself he felt like he had to be the hotshot, uh, the maverick of the rebellion, so to speak. And by the end of the movie, he realized that he had to work with and rely on other people. So by the time the Rise of Skywalker came around, he was really ready to take on that role as a general and as a leader. I did like Poe's character, but I also saw him as being the most underdeveloped character. You start off in the first movie, he's this hotshot pilot. In the second movie, very quickly he learns he can't be this hotshot pilot, he needs to become a leader. And in the third movie, he is that leader that he learned how to be in the second movie. So there's less progression and less depth with him, I feel like. But he was still a likable character overall. But here's, here's the thing. To go back to Chance's point, I do agree with you. Han Solo and Luke Skywalker, a mixture is Poe. I, I do agree with that. But I kind of feel like you guys can disagree with me. The Rise of the Skywalker, I feel if... J.J. Abrams didn't have to use the first half trying to fix the first two movies with the plot holes and questions that weren't answered. We probably would have got more development and seen Poe transitioning more into a leader and Finn transitioning more into a general as well. To what, um, like Alan had said before, like, you're a general, you're a general, you're a general. It feels like it's just been thrown in there. And I think that's what a lot of fans are saying about this movie is it's just fan service just to make fans happy. But it's funny about that is there's still fans that aren't happy because there's, I don't know if you guys know, they started like a hashtag, thank you, Ryan Johnson, because people are so upset of what J.J. Abram did that they're really saying, thank you, Ryan Johnson. It's just no one's ever happy, right? But there was just so many plot holes within the the newest Star Wars, you know what I mean? Where, like, 
if you look at the, uh, I hate being one of those people who talk about the original ones, but if you look four, five, and six, right? The only really plot, or only thing that was a stunner was like, hey, Darth Vader's Luke's dad. You know what I mean? Other than that, it was just story storytelling, right? Each character had their moment that was developed. You fell in love with them to the point where you thought Han Solo was dead. You know what I mean? You felt for the characters, which I think these three movies, they haven't brought not just Star Wars fans, but any fans into the movies and, and you generally care what happens to these characters. So if they die, you don't really, it doesn't really have the same impact. You know, other, and I just think like, Han Solo dying, it was just like it was just like, hey, we have to kill him off. I, I to me, that seemed forced. I think it would have been a lot better if he died in a different circumstance. You bring up an excellent question, or excuse me, an, an excellent point, Joe. Because yes, I feel like J.J. Abrams did have to spend time repairing things, but I don't feel like he had to repair things from the Force Awakens. I feel like he had to join the Force Awakens with the Rise of Skywalker very quickly and minimize all the damage that was done in The Last Jedi. So I agree with you 100%. A lot of stuff seemed forced and rushed, but I have to thank J.J. Abrams for not giving me a three-hour monstrosity like Endgame. I don't want to sit through another three-hour movie where... People basically try to make two movies out of one movie to try to fix stuff and put stuff together. So you're right. Uh, a lot of stuff was forced. It was very rushed. But I personally would rather him do that than give me three hours of exposition and story to try to mend together things that, in my opinion, Ryan Johnson just completely. And yes, I know, Chance, you said we weren't going to bash on Ryan Johnson, but Putting Ryan Johnson in the middle of that trilogy just completely disjointed the entire trilogy. And J.J. Abrams spent about half hour, 45 minutes fixing it. And then he's like, okay, let's try to give the fans what they want. Okay, let's open the floodgates of the Ryan Johnson bashing. I'm all for it. That, you know, with, with, the, with The Last Jedi, I feel like there were too many hands in the cookie jar. I feel like Lucasfilms had their idea of where they wanted to go with the trilogy. I feel like Disney had their idea of where they wanted to go with the trilogy. And I feel like Ryan Johnson was looking to jump the shark to start his own trilogy after episode nine. So, you know, and you know how I feel about Ryan Johnson. I'm not a fan of his work within the Star Wars universe. Um, but because I feel that he was trying to set up other things... It, for the long term, you know, for a, a new trilogy, for all of this stuff, for J.J. Abrams to be able to come in and in such a short period of time, be able to kind of fill in some of those plot holes. I, w I was all for it. I, you know, it did, some of it did feel a little bit rushed in The Rise of Skywalker, but I agree with what you said, Joe, about the plot holes. And I agree with what you said, Alan, about... Um, you know, not having a three-hour monstrosity of exposition. I, I feel like both of those were great points. And, I mean, let's face it, Star Wars fans, me being one of them, and I'm one of the biggest offenders, we're, we can be jerks. You know what I mean? Like, if, if we see something we don't like, we're going to let everybody know about it. I will scream to 
the heavens in the middle of a hotel casino in Las Vegas about how much I freaking hated the last Jedi when it came out. I mean, literally, I really feel like a lot of people inside the Excalibur wanted to call security on me and Alan because it was a very heated discussion going on about how much I hated the last Jedi. So as star Wars fans, I feel we are some of the biggest offenders when it comes to complaining and whining and moaning about not getting our way. Like, guess what? It's just not going to happen. You can't make everybody happy. But I feel like J.J. Abrams not only did a great job, but I feel like he went above and beyond to bridge the gap between The Force Awakens and The Rise of Skywalker to be able to end that trilogy, to be able to end that saga because he wasn't having to look ahead to another trilogy. And I, I feel like that was Ryan Johnson's biggest sin was he was wanting to create his own trilogy after this one ended. And I think JJ did a great job of nipping that horrible, horrible idea in the bud and finishing it up and closing out the saga. Think about this. What if the Ryan Johnson made the first movie instead of the second? Because like you said, if he was trying to create his own trilogy within the trilogy, I think he might have had some beef with J.J. Abrams because I'm sure J.J. Abrams said this is where the direction I want these characters to go and he just decided to just do his own thing. But what if he did the first one? What if he did Force Awakens? Would people perceive that that movie as good or bad? Because you would have nothing to compare it to. I think people would perceive it as bad. And here's why. Ryan Johnson delivers messages in his movies that we don't want in a Star Wars movie. I respect Ryan Johnson for making political statements about, uh, you know, as far as one of the things he pointed out was a lot of the people who made their fortunes in arms dealing sold to both the Empire and also to the Rebels. So that is a very much a parallel to what we might see in the current political environment today. That's great. But you know what, Ryan Johnson? That's not why we came to watch Star Wars. To that point, I feel like we don't need the politics in Star Wars. People wouldn't have gone for it, quite simply. I, I do feel like overall, the problem is, both of you guys hit on it very clearly, Ryan Johnson, Ryan Johnson was trying to create a jumping off point for his own set of characters, for his own trilogy, and he didn't give enough respect to making the middle movie cohesive because he was already trying to move on and do something else. But Ryan Johnson, put your politics in your own movies. Don't give us that in Star Wars because that's not what we came to see. Boom. Let's talk about Kylo Ren, who, in my opinion, was one of the most complicated characters, but also the most, I'll say hated characters, because he was so complicated. And what I mean by that is a lot of people called him a millennial because he was always having these outbursts and these you know rages and stuff like that. And... As I watched the movies, I realized that he was displaying those characteristics that had led to him moving towards the dark side. 
Now, in the second movie, we see that start to dissipate a little bit. And by the third movie, he transitions into the character that is having more resolution with that conflict. But through the entire movie, through all three of the trilogies, he has a conflict. He's trying to resolve the conflict. And in the third movie, he comes to terms with it. And I liked his character for it. And it makes a lot of sense. I, I really like what they did with this character, other than that needless kiss at the end. So Kylo Ren, I definitely 150% agree with you as far as being a complicated character. And it, what's really funny is, and I'll ask you guys this question, what do you call a millennial before there were even millennials, before anybody even coined that term? And I have the answer for you. Luke Skywalker in A New Hope. He wind through the entire first half of that movie and i'm paraphrasing here i'm not quoting him directly but i wanted to go to tashi station with my friends i wanted to slap the crap out of that character when i saw that and even when i was a kid and i saw that i was like what a whining just baby like just complaining just shut your face just shut up so I feel like Kylo Ren's character development was very similar to Luke Skywalker's character development. And, you know, we, we come in and we see him and he's, he's young and he, you know, he has a, a lot, quite a bit of power, you know, he's a very powerful force uh, user and uh, you know, he has these kind of emotional outbursts. And then in the second movie, you know, both characters in, in their second movie, they had both grown. They were both becoming a little bit more mature. And then by the third movie, they both had actually become this kind of fully mature version of themselves. You know, like when you watch Return of the Jedi and Luke lets himself get captured by the Empire and he's walking in the hallway with the stormtroopers and with Vader at that time and he's calm. And he's cool and he's collected and he's just kind of telling Vader how it's going to be. And I feel like Kylo got to that point in The Rise of Skywalker. So I, I can't say I'm 150% completely sold on Adam Driver as an actor. I, I, don't, I don't not like him, but I don't, I don't know how much I love him. But I do love the Kylo Ren character. I do love his character arc. I do love the growth of the character. And I thought that he did play Kylo very well. You were totally right about Luke Skywalker, bro. I forgot how much of a whiner that dude was, right? <laughs> it totally forgot about it. Dude was a straight whiner, bro. You did hit the nail on that. You know, like, I thought they made, you know, it's kind of hard, like, because they say that like, anger leads to hate, hate leads to the dark side, right? Like, and what they saw Anakin, the anger in his eyes, you know what I mean? And he had the little face emojis where he's just anger and everyone knew he was going to go to the dark side where Kylo was a little more violent, breaking stuff like a little kid. I mean, those are ways of him, hey, I'm going to the dark side. And people were still complaining about that. They're like, oh, he just sounds like a whiny little kid. And those fans, like you said, like myself, forgot how, how much of a whiner Luke Skywalker was, really. But I thought the closing was really good, like you guys said. I thought... In the end, that I like that Halloween. That Halloween was good. So um, I thought I thought the way he transitioned and he closed it out, I thought that was really good for his character. 
But, you know, like the whining and getting upset did kind of like get on, you get on your nerves you do with the first two movies. I think Luke only did it in the, the first one, right? I don't think he did it in the second one. But, yeah, yeah. It, was, it was pretty much just in the first one. Yeah, that's an excellent point. I really hadn't thought of the parallels between Kylo and Luke. I'd like to talk about, and we can touch on this briefly, because droids are droids. They weren't meant to have any character anyway. I'm always annoyed by the droids in the Star Wars movies. All of them. Why did everybody hate C-3PO in the third movie? I watched the first two, and yeah, he's annoying, but he's always annoying. But in the third one, they just hate on that dude hard for, like, no reason. And... R2-D2 is overrated, yeah, I said it. BB-8's overrated, and yeah, I said it. And then you had this little droid that came in, and he was pointless, too. He had the... Because every droid, for some reason, has the the secret map for somewhere, right? Like, why does every freaking droid have a freaking map, okay? BB-8 had a map, uh, R2-D2 had a freaking map, and then for some reason, little conehead droid has a map too how about some freaking originality with these droids okay but anyway what you guys think of the droids f them droids dude no profanity but f them droids okay what you guys think of the droids bro dukes just kicked the door down like the mandalorian <laughs> and was like i can't stand these droids f these droids bro blow them all up you can't trust them these droids are bs bro he just gave a big nerdy middle finger to every droid known to man. He doesn't care if you're a etiquette protocol droid. He doesn't care if you're serving drinks on Jabba's skiff. He doesn't care if you if you have a misshapen cone head. He dude, he doesn't even care. He discriminates against every electronical droid in the Star Wars universe. Hey, but Alan, do you like the droid in Mandalorian? IG eleven? Yeah. No. <laughs> the, dude, give, the dude can shoot, bro. I'll give him his, his credit, okay? He went out like a, you know, he, he redeemed himself. But by the, I was like, yay, that droid's dead. You know, I mean, blow yourself up, droid. No problem with that, right? Dukes. I was okay with, yeah. No. Dukes, what droid hurt you, bro? What happened in your life? Like, did you burn yourself on, like, a ninja, like, milkshake maker? Like, you know, did you drop a foreman grill on your foot? Like, what what turned you to this side of hating electronic devices that were built to serve the purpose of helping us? You guys can't tell me that you enjoy the screen time with the droids. C-3PO is annoying. We I mean, right? did... Did Santa Claus, did you ask Santa Claus for a droid and not get one for Christmas? Is that why you just, you just totally hate droids because you didn't get one? Despite the fact that this is true, I never got a droid for Christmas. Another year goes by without me getting a droid for Christmas. Droid, the, droid, the droids are pointless, okay? We need a map. That's what the droids do in every freaking movie. Every freaking movie, the droid happens to have a piece of the map. Oh, I can't figure out where I need to go. Hmm. We just introduced a new droid. You know what's going to happen? That droid's going to have a piece of the map. Translators, oh. translators too, bro. Hey, does anyone speak Shoshokan? 
Ah, I'm T3PO. I can speak in a Sonakin. Can anybody see Wakakaka? I'm T3PO. I can speak Wakakaka. What he's saying is this. All right, fine. I will be the voice of the droid since they don't have a voice of their own. And Dukes, use a hater, bro. Use <laughs> a hater. Okay. So, first of all, let's go back and not to get too far off topic, but let's go back to episode one. All right. If it wasn't for this little R2 unit, Padme and Qui-Gon and Obi-Wan and all of them, they would have died. Would have been the shortest saga of sci-fi movies ever if R2 had not saved their ship. It was that little droid, Alan. You could thank R2-D2 for the entire Star Wars saga, okay? And that was just the beginning. We could have a whole other podcast, and I, I will itemize Every little thing these droids did to help further along the cause for these rebels to be able to get us to where we came to today. I think that's lazy writing. Droids are are basically, they are the embodiment of lazy writing. Because whenever you need to move your plot along or you need to fix something in a movie, what happens? Droid rolls up and fixes the problem. Now, I know that's the droid's job, but... The droids are the fix for every plot device. Why? Because to your point, Joe, droids equal lazy writing. But dude, also take take this in consideration. We were kids. Each of us own Star Wars figures. I never once owned a droid. I owned all the droids. I own no Star Wars figures at all. Yeah. So how about them droids? <laughs> now that we've uh, discussed the droids... Single serving characters. What I mean by that is like characters. I didn't realize Star Wars did this until I started looking back. Like Captain Phasma, right? Looks really cool. Has basically five minutes of screen time and does absolutely nothing, right? Star Wars does that. Like Boba Fett. Everybody loved freaking Boba Fett. I know that's the first three, but everybody loved Boba Fett. But Boba Fett got like five minutes of screen time. Um, are there any characters that you guys would have liked to see more screen time in this trilogy? As far as this trilogy, I like the idea of leaving the audience wanting because the direction that Disney is going, this is going to give the Disney Plus streaming service a lot of material that they could move forward with with original programming. Um, you want to talk about single-serving characters Star Wars, I think, has coined that phrase probably better than any other franchise. You've got Phasma, who was a badass character. Mace Windu, Boba Fett, uh, Darth Maul. I mean, you've got all these characters that people, I mean, we're chomping at the bit for two seconds of screen time with these characters. And now Disney has this entire universe of original programming that they can build around these single serving characters. Dude, I would pay premium money for a Darth Maul original series or movie. Captain Phasma. I would watch a Captain Phasma series. I would binge that in a day. Uh, Mace Windu. Give me a Mace Windu origin story. I'm, you know, I, I, you can't ever get enough of Boba Fett, in my opinion. So those single serving characters are amazing. And I think for them to have built this entire universe, this entire galaxy of these main characters, but yet still at the end of this, these movies, and you, you brought it up perfectly, 
who are we also talking about? You know, we're talking about these character developments, you know, and we, we still need to talk about Ray as well, but we're talking about these character arcs and these character developments, but we still are making time in this podcast to touch on these characters that literally had two lines, three lines, five minutes of screen time, no lines. And we're bringing them up because they are these amazing characters whether it be visually or the fact that they're mysterious and we don't know a lot about them, whatever the reason may be, I'm hyped about the single serving characters. Give me more, give me more, give me more. I will watch so much original content on these single serving characters. I love the single serving characters almost as much as I love the droids, Alan. At the end of uh, Revenge of the Sith, he could have died later on. Yeah, Disney Plus could do something with those characters that you like. But are they, though? They might not. You know what I mean? I don't see them doing it. But what I do hear they are going to focus on is they are going to create Star Wars shows within the Disney Plus that's going to be kind of like how they did with the Marvel movies. And it's going to connect to the future Star Wars movies that they're going to have. That's what I hear that they're planning on doing. I think that would be cool. I mean, if I never get a Mace Windu movie or touching on Boba Fett, I feel like Boba Fett was adequate, but transitioning the idea of a Mandalorian and creating a new character around that was just phenomenal. Uh, I would like to see a Phasma movie, maybe a prequel. So I don't think they're going to do too much with those characters, but I could also see them doing sort of spinoffs or jump-offs and, and transi- transition those into uh, the movie. So I'd be all for that. What's unfortunate about that is those those characters, you'll, they'll have more life in books and comic books. You know what I mean? Because I'm sure I think Plasma, whatever her name is, I don't care too much for her anyways. Sorry. Um, she has her, I, I believe they wrote a book about her. So, I mean, that's where you're going to get a chance. You ain't going to get on Disney Plus, but you're going to get it in a version of a comic book and a regular book, and then they're going to tell you that it's not canon. Listen here, good sir. How dare you take Plasma's <laughs> name in vain? What is her name? Plasma something? Phasma. Phasma. Okay. Phasma. There you go. But as far as I'm concerned, she will ever be known as Captain Plasma now because that's mm. classic. <laughs> okay. <laughs> Let's talk about Luke and Leia. So these characters obviously transitioned over from the Return of the Jedi, the New Hope series, Empire Strikes Back, into this. And I just didn't like what they did with the characters. The entire arc that they were involved in just felt like it was lazy. And of all the characters that you would describe as one-dimensional... To me, their depth seemed about the same as the single-serving characters. They were there to basically give advice, but they didn't really have much depth that you would expect out of characters that you love and characters that have had years to develop stronger personalities. What do you guys think? Um, so <clears throat> this is one of those instances where my my hatred for Ryan Johnson ever putting his slimy fingers on star Wars is going to come out. I really feel like that is Ryan Johnson's fault. Uh, I, the, the last Jedi, you know, we had had really no explanation up to that point that Leia was pretty much a full blown Jedi. 
So that scene where she was floating through space after the the fleet carrier had been blown up like Mary Poppins, it was just, it came across as lame. It came across as just completely stupid. And that was one of the main reasons why I really hated that movie initially. And then to have <clears throat> to have Luke Skywalker die the way that he did in The Last Jedi was the most 80s action parental death you had ever seen in your life. Like, he's all doing this miraculous stuff, and then all of a sudden it's like his last little bit of life left him, and he was like, Ugh. And just like collapsed. And that's all Ryan Johnson. And the fact that he had no character development for anybody combined with the fact that I don't even think he's a real Star Wars fan. I really feel like he ruined Luke and Leia in that second movie. And then unfortunately with Carrie Fisher's passing, they didn't have a lot to work with as far as redeeming her character. So there wasn't a lot that they could do with her in the rise of skywalker and luke was dead because apparently to force project yourself across the galaxy as the most powerful jedi on the planet or in the galaxy and universe takes every little bit of ounce of being that you have apparently luke was this decrepit senior citizen by this point and so when he force projected himself to uh, fake out Kylo and the First Order and Matrix dodged every bullet and every lightsaber stroke when he could have just let it pass through him and it, that would have looked even cooler if Kylo Ren would have ran towards him and tried to strike him down with his lightsaber if the lightsaber would have just passed through him but no he's got to do this stupid knee slide Matrix move where he ducks under it the only thing that would have made that more ridiculous would have been if it would have cut a whisker off his chin as the lightsaber flew by so uh, long story short uh, Ryan Johnson ruined Luke and Leia and I will never forgive him for it did you hear? Did you hear? Like um, Leia wrote her own scene in that. Carrie Fisher, that was her I, idea. Which scene? Her flying through like Mary Poppins. <laughs> <laughs> I did that, not hear that. Yeah, that's that's what that's what they were that's what they were saying. But if you think about it, dude, like with. With the special effects that Disney can have in their pockets, I mean, they're not going to do like the DC Superman with that fake mustache that you can still see there. They could have did so much better with Luke in that final scene. Because, you know, like, when I was watching it, and you think it can't get any worse, you're thinking, wow, Luke is going to do something dope at this last scene right here. And he does not do anything. And to your point, like you said, with him dying and disappearing... If you're going to stick to the same format, which is similar to the uh, 4, 5, and 6, I'd rather have Kylo strike him, like you said, with the lightsaber, and he just disappears that way instead of disappearing at some rock. But, yeah, I mean, seems like we're bashing Ryan Johnson a lot, but he did kind of like ruin a lot of things about Star Wars. When I had that initial conversation with Chance regarding The Last Jedi, I didn't have the perspective of the rise of skywalker rise of skywalker was a good movie but rise of skywalker was also damaged by the last jedi and if you look or if you look at the force awakens the force awakens was damaged by the last jedi 
So Ryan Johnson, in my opinion, deserves every bit of bashing that he's getting because he ruined two other movies by making his movie. He ruined a lot of characters by making his movie. You know, and and I look at it like this, Joe. If if I come to you and I'm like, Joe, I have this idea, and you think to yourself, dude, that's stupid. You're going to tell me it's stupid, right? I may do it anyway, but at least you told me it was stupid. So when Gary Fisher comes to Ryan Johnson and says, you know what I'm going to do? I'm going to fly through space. He should have said, that's stupid. Facts. Facts. Because I sure the hell would have told you that's some stupid stupid crap, Alan. You have to fly through the air like Meryl Poppins. I feel like Ryan Johnson is the sham wow of the Star Wars universe. Like, just when you think it can't get any worse, he hops in and he's like, but wait, there's, there's more. more. And then something horrible happens. Oh, uh, man. Yeah, so, uh, so yeah, that's, that's uh, pretty much our feelings on Luke and Leia. I didn't like, you know, the end when Luke and Leia are together and they're looking at Rey and they're like, what's your name, fool? And she's like, my name is Rey. <laughs> They're like, don't you have a last name? She's like, hmm, it's Shelby Skywalker. I was like, this is dumb. Like, that was the reason they made the name of the movie? Like, there is no other reason to call that movie Rise of Skywalker other than the fact that last 10 seconds when she said, my name should be Skywalker. Other than that, (laughs) because Kylo Ren, because I'm watching the movie, right? And I'm all caught up in it. And I'm like, Kylo Ren also has a rise, so to speak. But you know what? Technically, like, he's a Solo. His bloodline is Skywalker, but his last name is Solo. Okay? So his dad was... So so you can't call it the Rise of Skywalker because he's not the Skywalker who's rising. And she's not a Skywalker. So the only way for the title of that movie to make sense is if they cram that crap in there because, once again, Ryan Johnson screwed everything up. So, I don't know, dude. I just... The whole... Just that whole thing... The way she was supposedly... The way that Leia was supposedly training Rey to be like a Jedi, but for some reason, as we saw from the first two movies, Rey was a badass Jedi anyway. Okay? No doubt. It didn't seem like Leia gave her any more skills. All she did was teach her how to jump over canyons with like a helmet on. Okay? Hey, did you think some of the scenes with Leia in it seemed a little weird, like off? Yes, I did. Like it, it didn't seem real. Like I don't know. You could tell like Remember he said he had some extra footage and he threw it in there? Like, you could tell. It seemed like they had to put it in there to try to merge the Rise of Skywalker with The Force Awakens. So they had to merge those scenes together. They had to put those scenes together. The fact that they had killed off Luke Skywalker, they had to find a way to bridge all that together, which is why they had these four scenes that didn't exactly feel right. So to your point, one of the things you guys talked about was beginning of the movie feels really forced and rushed. 
part of that dynamic of feeling forced and rushed was the fact that they had to manipulate and put Leia in a role that, in my opinion, she never seemed like she was right for. Like, when Chan said, like, out of nowhere, all of a sudden she's this badass Jedi and nobody ever knew it and she can fly through space. Well, yes, that's true. But we never accepted that. We never accepted that, especially when she did the the Mary Poppins, right? So Mm. now we go from her being the Jedi that we never accepted to her training someone who is, by what we've seen, already more powerful than her. So the whole thing just doesn't feel right. I completely agree with what you were saying. And I, I mean, we'll never know, but we'll always be left to wonder, you know, if Carrie Fisher had not passed, would a lot of those scenes gone differently would Leia have been portrayed as a more powerful Jedi because they would have had the actor there to create those, those scenes, you know, that sort of thing. Because the, the way that I think of it, Ray, going back to what you guys had said, Ray literally with no training is one of the most powerful Jedis we had ever seen since who Anakin Skywalker, who was exactly the same way. He literally had this you know aura about him of he was just this amazingly powerful jedi at a young age with no training who went on to become basically the most powerful jedi uh you know the the galaxy had ever seen the difference between ray and anakin was obi-wan was a believable jedi instructor You know what I mean? You always felt like, yeah, okay, Anakin was a much better swordsman than Obi-Wan was. Anakin was had way more control over the force than Obi-Wan did, but Obi-Wan was a great teacher. He was a great instructor. He was like your high school basketball coach. He couldn't play for anything. You could school him one-on-one every time you played him, but he knew the game and he knew how to teach you the game and he knew how to make you a better basketball player. Obi-Wan wasn't a better Jedi than Anakin. He wasn't a more powerful Jedi than Anakin, but he was a great teacher. He had a knowledge of the living force. He had a knowledge of the Jedi, and he was able to train Anakin. He was able to harness him in to make him that great Jedi. And I feel like we we missed that in this trilogy with Rey because for the writing, for whatever the reason was in the last Jedi, Luke didn't come across as a competent Jedi trainer. He almost came across as comedic fodder at times, drinking the blue milk from the nipple of the monster sitting on the cliff. And, you know, just the, the stupid stuff that, that was written that, that he did. And not to take anything away from Mark Hamill. I love Mark Hamill. I love the Luke Skywalker character. But he just didn't really come across as this competent trainer. And it was really hard to believe that he had trained a generation of Jedi pri- prior to Rey. So now we're looking at Leia's character as being this trainer of Rey. And it was really not believable at all that she was helping Ray to harness her power and her ability to be a Jedi. That being said, I don't want it to come across that I did not like this movie. I actually really enjoyed the rise of Skywalker. I thought it was a really good star Wars movie coming off of uh, the last Jedi and, and Carrie Fisher's passing. I feel like JJ Abrams made a great movie. So I really did enjoy it, but we're just talking about certain points here. And I just, 
it was a little unbelievable to me that that Leia was able to train Rey to be this great all-powerful Jedi that was not only going to be able to redeem Kylo, she was going to be able to take down Palpatine and the Sith once and for all. It was just hard to believe. It, it was it was a hard pill to swallow. To your point, Chance, I think if you dissect any movie, you're going to find a lot of flaws in it. But I also have to agree, I really enjoyed this movie and I'm looking forward to seeing it again. Yeah, I concur. I really like this movie. It's one of those, like, I love it, but I hate it. I hate SpongeBob, but I love those memes. It's kind of like that for me. That is the most poetic thing you've ever said, bro, because I fully understand <laughs> what you mean. I, I, I will agree with that completely. It's actually, for me, though, I will equate it to... Uh, I love Liz, but I can't stand those damn cat memes. <laughs> but, I, but, but Liz is Liz is great in my book, but I hate yeah. that damn cat. I thought I was the only one that hated them cats, man. Shout out to Liz. What's up, Liz? Shout out, Liz. Liz cat memes in WO. Liz saved cat memes from extension. We can touch on the Empire, the First Order, the Last Order really briefly. Uh, touch on Snoke. Touch on... Palpatine, whatever you guys want to say about it. So I, you know, and being the villain that I am, I, I sometimes have a lot of different opinions from everybody else. And I've read and heard from some people that they felt like Palpatine being the big bad in this movie was lazy writing or, you know, they, they were unhappy with it and this, that, and the other. But I actually really like the idea of Palpatine being the puppet master all this time. I mean, he literally spent 40 years orchestrating everything coming up to this one moment. And I mean, he literally had everything, you know, he was, he was going to be able to win. And I, I feel like he's a believable villain. I feel like, uh, he did everything a great villain should do in movies. He constructed this you know, this scheme of what was going to work and how he was going to win. And he monologued at the end and his monologuing is what took him down. And he, he was a great villain. I loved it. Um, as far as Snoke goes, I was super unhappy with Snoke, like everybody in the last Jedi, because he kind of came out of nowhere. There was no explanation as to who he was. There was like all this, you know, guessing going on and everybody theorizing of who he was and where he came from. And then all of a sudden, like Kylo just cut him in half and he was dead and nobody knew anything. And then to find out in this movie that he basically was just another puppet of the, the emperor of Palpatine just made him, you know, an even stronger, uh, an even stronger villain. So I, I, I'm on board for Palpatine being the villain through the entire saga. He was that, one constant you know what i mean and he was he was always one step ahead of the rebellion he was always one step ahead of the heroes and i mean eventually yeah he he did get murdered by his granddaughter but hey you know as a villain that's just something you have to accept sometimes no grandkids for chance hey i will say <laughs> this right here and now if i ever become a world dominating villain I would be proud as hell for one of my grandkids to take me down. That is an epic end to the villain story. <laughs> you know, I'm going to have to turn it over to both of you guys because 
I don't want to say I was confused. I don't want to sound like a buffoon or anything, but I don't understand why anyone thinks that Palpatine orchestrated anything. I feel like Palpatine just showed up in the final act and was like, ha ha, it was me the whole time. So we accept that it was him the whole time. But when you go back and you watch the movie, can you tell me why we think he was actually manipulating anything? He just, like, he just said, it was me. So we we assume it was him. We're like, oh, you know what? You saw Snoke, but it was me. I was Snoke. I had some Snoke puppets. Well, isn't that convenient, Mr. Palpatine? Right? That's the laziest writing ever. You saw Snoke, but it was really Palpatine. So, so explain this to me, gentlemen, because... If I'm wrong, I'm wrong. How does Palpatine in any way show that he was manipulating anything behind the scenes? And regarding 40 years, to me, it looked like Kylo Ren just showed up and he was like, oh, it's Kylo Ren. I guess I'll set this new plan in motion because you found my granddaughter. But other than, for 40 years, he wasn't doing nothing but chilling underground, hooked up to a ventilator. That's all he was doing. So gentlemen, explain to me. How is Palpatine the big bad in all three of these movies? I'm going to let Joe speak on that, but I just want to say, Dukes, that was the best Hurricane Helms impersonation <laughs> I have ever heard. And all we needed was you for you to follow up with, what's up with that? And it would have been top <laughs> The reason why it was Palpatine the whole time is very simple, bro. He's a droid. <laughs> That's why you hate Palpatine. And that's why you think he can't do any of the things that he said he was doing. He was hooked up to that machine and those monitors. He had all those plugs in the back, like Neo from the Matrix. So I'm going to mm. agree with Joe on this one. Uh, Palpatine, <clears throat> yep, hashtag Palpatine is a droid. You know, the funny thing is, is like if people go back and watch, I, I want to say it's the Revenge of the Sith where he was telling Anakin, he's like, hey, his old master had a way of cheating death. And that's basically what he's been doing the whole time for 40 years is cheating death. But I think, because again, Ryan Johnson jacked up The Last Jedi so bad, you have no choice but to say, hey, Palpatine had clones of Snoke. What, was, what, I, what I hate is a lot of fans, when they do YouTube videos and they do the little theories of who Snoke is or whatever, I, I watched this one video, I don't remember who did it, but they had a theory that Snoke was Mace Windu. And the whole theory that led him up to proving that he was Mace Windu was so much better than you finding out in The Rise of Skywalker that he was just a clone. It's amazing how, like, they get paid to write things and it doesn't come out as good as people that don't get paid to do any writing or anything that they do on YouTube. And they come up with better ideas than what we see on the screen. I completely agree, Joe. I feel like this entire podcast feels like we're being paid millions of dollars to come up with these ideas, but yet all free, all for the nerds, all for the internet. You're welcome. <laughs> so uh, let's talk about Paul Patin's granddaughter. Ray turned out to be, I guess, the... <laughs> the main character in the movie. I don't know. I just, like I said in the beginning, when I talked about Finn, I felt like Finn was becoming force sensitive. And for whatever reason, they moved away from that. And Ray was sort of the focus of the final act. What are your feelings on Ray from the force awakens through the end? 
So for Ray, it's it's funny. I, I have uh, to coin a phrase that Joe was using earlier. I have a love hate relationship with Ray because I feel like her character was very generic. It was it was very vanilla. It was I'm the hero. I didn't know I was the hero. I'm somebody important. I didn't know I was somebody important. I'm gonna lose. Nope, I'm gonna win. But Daisy Ridley as an actress actually made me invested in that character because I feel like she did a great job playing that character, playing to those strengths, playing, you know, she starts out as this, you know, innocent young person basically who was just waiting for her family to come back and 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 find her to being thrust into this galaxy-wide battle to realizing that she has all of this power to realizing she was, you know, pretty awesome to realizing that, you know, she was going to become this powerful Jedi. So even though the character itself was a little, I don't want to say boring because she had some really cool parts like here in the rise of Skywalker, when uh, Kylo's flying in on his tie fighter and she takes off running and then does that, you know, run and jump back twisty flip and cuts the wing off his tie fighter with the lightsaber. That was dope. That was really, really awesome. So I feel like even though the character itself was a little bit boring at times, I was still invested in that character and I was invested in that journey, even though we pretty much all knew what was going to happen. I didn't really feel like her character was as exciting as Poe or as exciting as Finn. Uh, but I still really liked the dynamic of the three of them together. Uh, it was a throwback to Han and Luke and Leia in uh, the original, you know, four, five, and six. Uh, you know, the three of them against the the, the bad guys in the galaxy. Uh, so I, I I liked it. I liked the character. Um, I feel like they were really trying to make parallels between her and Anakin. So they kind of wanted you to feel like she was going to be tempted by the dark side. But even at the very end of that movie, I know for me personally, I never felt like she was going to stray from, you know, being a Jedi. I, I never had that, you know, thought in the back of my head. You know what would have been dope? If she would have just became Sith. You know what I mean? You're going to mess up the trilogy anyways. It would have been dope if she would have just been Sith. Kylo would have got back to the Force. And then had that little battle there. I think that would have been more interesting for her character. I could have seen it more that way because she was getting powerful, more powerful than Kylo. If it if was well, Ryan Johnson, of course. But you could tell she was getting more powerful. It would have been awesome if she would have just flipped this script. And then uh, that was one of the things I was talking to Alan about. Remember when we went to D3 or D23, I think it is? Yeah. We saw that. We saw that trailer and she freaking saw um, had that dual red lightsaber and i was thinking oh dude that'd be so awesome if they were going that way which they didn't but i think that would have been a cool dynamic i think everybody would have not expected that but i think it's just fan service i think man just to make people happy i think that's what jj Abrams was aiming it was so messed up let's just make everybody happy i feel like chance is being generous because one of the things that he said was daisy ridley and yes chance thinks that daisy ridley is pretty <laughs> Very and, pretty. Yeah, okay. That's fine, Chance. But when you look past that, and she may be a good actress, 
but she was given a very boring, mediocre character to work with. Now, if we're to say that Poe and Finn are secondary characters and she is supposed to carry the entire movie, when you really think about it, she's the Luke Skywalker of this trilogy, right? Mm. And one of the things that you guys said, Chance brought it up really good. Jill agrees, and I agree too. Luke Skywalker was a little whiny crybaby, right? At the, <laughs> at, the, at the first movie. And then later on, you know, he, he starts to learn the Force, and he goes off, he learns with Yoda. And then at the end of the third one, he's really confident. Like, he has the all-black suit, he's confident, he's taken out everybody, and you can see his progression with her. She is the same level of confidence through all three movies. And once again, it's not like she ever really learns any new powers other than how to throw on a helmet and jump over a ravine. Because even when she used the force lightning, she did that on accident. She had zero progression from a personality perspective, from a learning perspective, because she, in the very first movie, was already using Jedi mind tricks to tell Mm. people to take off her cup. She never progressed. As much as I want to say, hey, Daisy Ridley, please jump in a Marvel movie or whatever, because Chance wants to see in a Marvel movie, that's cool. But as far as what she brought to this movie, she couldn't make up for the fact that this was just a boring, one-dimensional character that never progressed and shouldn't have been the focus of the movie. So what you're saying is I would let Daisy Ridley keep one of my NWO shirts. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> yes but you would pretend that she stole it out of your bag when you were leaving you know so that pretty much we covered all the primary characters we covered the single serving characters we talked about uh the empire so overall gentlemen if you would just like to give us your thoughts on the entire trilogy or the rise of skywalker i'll turn it over to you guys i have to say you know when when the force awakens came out I was super stoked. I was hyped about it being a Star Wars fan. I was really excited when I went and saw it. Uh, I really did enjoy the movie. The Last Jedi came out. Uh, Initially, I hated it. Um, I've grown to not hate it quite as much. Uh, You wouldn't be able to tell that from the discussions that we've had here today. But I don't have this like fiery burning loathe inside me about it like, uh, like I had previously. I will say, though... Coming off the last two movies, J.J. Abrams definitely gets a thumbs up in my book for uh, ending the saga the way that he did, finishing up this new trilogy the way that he did. Um, You know, I'll say it right now, uh, as far as this new trilogy goes, I'll say it again, Finn is definitely my favorite character uh, through this entire new trilogy. Uh, I was happy with it. I was happy with the way that it ended. I feel like it did end this saga. If they never made another Star Wars movie about the Skywalker family ever again, it could end here. But J.J. Abrams did do just enough that in 10 years, 20 years, if they did want to make another one, they could, if they decided that they wanted to. I hope that they don't. I would like to see some original ideas, and there's definitely enough information out there and enough characters that we could. But if they wanted to, they could. So I would probably say on a scale of 1 to 10, I would give Rise of Skywalker 
I'd give it a solid eight as far as Star Wars movies go. For me, I'm glad the Skywalker saga is finally over. I'm ready for some new stuff. It's kind of like Dukes, we talked about this before. The reason why Marvel movies do so well is because they, they come out with characters that they have nothing to compare it to, right? And DC keeps doing the same characters and you keep comparing them to the previous ones before and that's where the argument lies and why they can't stand a movie. With this Luke Skywalker saga over, you can come up with some new content, which I hope they do, and, and it sounds like they're going to do that. With new content, they really have nothing to compare it to. That's why The Mandalorian does so well. Who are you going to compare The Mandalorian to? Nothing, right? So you have to accept and like it for what it is. And I'm glad that it's over. I'm glad J.J. took the last movie, like Chan said, and just finished it good. I mean, I do like the movie. Yeah, there's some things that I have issues with it, but I do like it. People should go out there and watch it. And it's a good close to the whole Luke Skywalker saga. Now I'm just waiting for some new stuff. And several fans are still complaining about it. But I'm ready for some new new beginnings. And hopefully we get that. So, biggest takeaway for me is thank you guys both very much because I have had a really fun time discussing this movie and this trilogy. So, thank both of you very much. I've had a phenomenal time discussing this. As far as the movie goes or the trilogy goes... I have a new way that I evaluate sequels. And to me, this trilogy was a sequel of the New Hope trilogies. Was it necessary? Like, when I watch a sequel, I ask myself, was this crap really necessary? Do I feel like I got any more out of my understanding of the first movie that I'm getting out of this sequel? And keep in mind, I enjoyed The Force Awakens, and I enjoyed... The Rise of Skywalker. But this crap wasn't necessary. We didn't get anything more out of the Skywalker family than we did before. To the point of where they have to force feed a way to really make this into a Skywalker movie. By saying, what's your last name? Tis Skywalker. Otherwise, there ain't no reason to have this be The Rise of Skywalker. None. So... Yeah, it was a good movie, or a good trilogy. It was it was enjoyable, but was it necessary? No, it wasn't necessary. This trilogy was not necessary. It didn't give us anything that we didn't have before. And to Joe's point, let's contrast that to The Mandalorian, okay? Let's talk about what Chance talked about with the single-serving characters. You don't know enough about these characters to be disappointed by them giving you six to eight hours of expanded universe with these characters and because there was nothing to add in the previous six to eight hours that they'd given us with the previous trilogy and with the prequels this movie did nothing for me but to joe's point i am looking forward to see more expanded universes with the single serving characters because we don't know very much about them anyway so Yes, I like the movies. Did I need them? No. Um, If I had to tell someone, uh, watch the movies, I'd say watch them. Watch them as Star Wars movies to get more out of the overall Star Wars universe, Skywalker universe. No. Go watch something else. Go watch the Matrix trilogy. Villain, any final words? Oh, man. I just want to say again, uh, super excited to be here. 
Um, really looking forward to hearing this uh, and hearing what the uh, nerds have to say as far as their opinions, uh, whether they agree with what we had to say or whether they disagree. Definitely interested in hearing that. And uh, looking forward to doing another one really, really soon. Hey, once again, thanks for joining us, Chance. It's always an interesting. We always talk about Star Wars, and it's just interesting to hear your point of view on and Alan's as well, point of view of Star Wars. That's a trilogy that no one's ever going to be happy with. There's always going to find flaws in it. But it's going to get critiqued harder because there's so much more diehard fans. So, until next time, ladies, gentlemen, and knights of the nerd world order. I am NWO. We are NWO. And let your nerd flag fly. Booyah!